Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a pop culture podcast about animation, TV, movies, comics, and more. Join us for part two of our look back journey through Marvel Cinematic Universe's Phase 4, where we'll discuss everything from Moon Knight through to Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I'm Clifton. I'm Frank Melman. And I'm Tommy Smithereens. All right, so this was brought on by the fact that MCU Phase 5 is now upon us. But we wanted to look back at everything that had come before it in Phase 4. Last week, we covered the first half of Phase 4 and dug into all of the shows and movies released in 2021. That covered everything from WandaVision through to Spider-Man No Way Home. And now we're sharing our thoughts on the second half of Phase 4 with all of the 2022 releases. So last week I had mentioned an observation I made when I was looking at the uh, 2021 releases about all of the projects that year that for the most part, the Disney Plus shows tended to bring back the familiar faces like Wanda and Falcon and Hawkeye and and the, the other Avengers we knew from the movies before. And the the movies that were released in 2021 were the ones that were bringing us new faces like Shang-Chi and the Eternals. But when I looked at the second half of phase four being the all of the 2022 releases, it seemed like that flipped where it was the movies in 2022 that were bringing us back all the heroes we knew from the previous stuff. And the Disney Plus shows were bringing us the all new faces. Mm. So the first thing, the first one out of the gate in, in the 2022 releases is an example of that. And it's the Disney Plus series Moon Knight which uh, was quite an interesting show. It follows uh, Mark Spector, uh, Stephen Grant, and the Egyptian moon god Khonshu through their various adventures, and and, and some of them are the same people. It's it's complicated. (laughs) But that was an example of, yeah, like this was, we had never seen any of this stuff before uh, in MCU yet. We hadn't seen this whole corner of it again, completely new territory. But I mean, based on a comic that I liked a lot growing up, a character that I was very fond of uh, growing up. And uh, what were your thoughts on this show? I liked it a lot more than I, I mean, I was looking forward to it, but I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure. I mean, I'd read, I've talked about it before on earlier podcasts, uh, earlier episodes where I'd said that, uh, you know, I knew the character. I'd read a solo series by him and then he was kind of a, hanging around the, the West Coast Avengers mansion for a couple issues. <laughs> right. You know, when they time travel, he's in that. Um, other than that, I was never a huge Moon Knight fan. Like, obviously, I knew what the deal was. Mm-hmm. I was really, I think, what really won me over was um, Oscar Isaac's performance. Yeah, he definitely commits to it. That was the was, thing about it. He was very excited about this role, I think. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think it was, that was the thing that I really, really enjoyed was watching him go through the various identities i guess or personalities mm, right i thought that that him, him being able to shift gears that quickly and make it believable and make you care about each one of them right. <laughs> was was really incredible i thought that was really great yeah yeah because i mean that is the the gimmick that carries over from the comics is that he's a hero with split personalities mm. uh, and they do different things and they're, mm-hmm. they, they're very different people and they have different abilities and tasks that kind of serve them differently at different times. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure how they were going to approach that mm-hmm. in the show or, or what exactly they were going to handle. But I think they did it in a very interesting way. And yeah, Oscar Isaac, like super committed to 
trying to get that British accent for (laughs) the Stephen Grant uh, sort of like wannabe archaeologist character that he was playing there. But it's funny because then if it wasn't a perfect English accent, you could be like, yeah, well, that's fine because he's not really. It's, right. He's, he's it's it's uh, like approximation of what a person would think. You right. Know. Like it's a manifestation of mm-hmm. what somebody's somebody doing in English accent. Right. Uh, so it works that way, too. Sure. But yeah, like I was I definitely wasn't expecting a lot of the show, even though I am familiar with the characters. It was still surprising to me ways they took it. I didn't know exactly because the character's been around since 19... 19- 77 uh, first appeared in werewolf by night Mm -hmm. uh, which is another character we'll get into later in this episode but that's where moon knight first appeared is is just somebody hunting down a werewolf like a mercenary hunting down a werewolf and then they went back and and fleshed out yeah uh, his backstory much much more thoroughly uh with with work by monk and is that is how you pronounce his name Uh, i think so Mench, Mench. Yeah, I've never been quite sure. It's one of those things where you only ever see it written, and you don't know exactly how to pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and uh, Bill Sienkiewicz mm-hmm. did a ton of work on the character. It's right. great art. Uh, a lot of really cool stuff. But I didn't know what they were going to go grab for for right. the for the show. So I was I was surprised a lot along the way. And Ethan Hawke. Ethan mm-hmm. Hawke is the villain. I was yeah. not expecting at all. Yeah, I was I was surprised more than anything that well, I knew they would have to try and get around some of it. That was something I know people complained about was the fact that um it wasn't as you know, as great and bloody and violent as, you know, right. some of the comics, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I did I did think it was interesting the way they got around, got around the idea of, <laughs> you know, this guy is, is capable of all this this ultra violence, but yeah. it's not, you know, someone else is in the driver's seat. Right. Literally in some cases and figured in others. And so I thought that was a really cool way they got around you know, having it to get really gory or really, you know, ultra violent. I mean, there's still violence in it and still things people get, you know, kicked in the face and all that kind of stuff. And there's gunplay. So I'm like, what, you know, I don't need it to be, I don't need to see people eviscerated with, uh, onks or whatever they thought they were going to (laughs) get. Right. From the series. The little like crescent moon throwing star things. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, that stuff. I mean, I guess it was the mid two thousands run like Bendis and Finch that gets really into that mm-hmm. that like makes it makes it really like gritty and dirty and yeah i think i feel like that's where that a lot of that came from those expectations who gives us mr knight have you read that stuff because i haven't yeah mr knight is um warren ellis and declan shalvey okay gotcha. and then and then ellis left pretty quick declan shalvey stayed along with and then other people came on to write okay uh but that's where the mr knight uh, came from which is depicted here is Stephen Grant's Moon Knight which is mm. again different from the comics but in the context of this I think it really works it's mm-hmm. it's like this other guy's manifestation of the powers of Khonshu in right. the show so of course it's different than Mark Spector's manifestation of the powers right because it's a different personality mm-hmm. doing it interpreting right. the powers and I think it works I think it works yeah. great yeah and then the Mr. Knight of him in the suit Mm-hmm. and mass like looks great i think yeah. it's a fantastic visual was in the comics is in the show right going back to what you were talking about like their depiction of violence yeah i do think it's a really clever mechanic that mm-hmm. they came up with where like violence is coming violence is about to happen blackout violence has happened and now you're just seeing <laughs> right. the aftermath of it mm-hmm. <laughs> like the the, the 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 ramifications of this bloodbath that apparently occurred right 
when the personality switched in and the one we were following blacked out for mm-hmm. a bit. I think it was a really fun mechanic that they that they were able to do some clever things with throughout the series. Yeah. Again, it's one of the it's one of the, this is the one that I point to the most when people complain about, well, you know, phase four and it's not you know, it's not not as good. I'm like it you got a you got a Moon Knight series. <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a character that that well it's a character that that doesn't seem to have a through line to whatever the next big thing is. Right. But it's also one of those things of, uh, you know, it, it, I like the fact that they're taking chances. And I also think it's interesting that we got Moon Knight and Werewolf by Night in the same year. Yeah. That to me is kind of, a, kind of a neat little bit of a, right. Of syncing up. I thought that was really nice. You know, obviously I, w- I would like to see that, <laughs> that pairing happen. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully those, those elements will connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on, yeah. I imagine they will. I imagine, I absolutely imagine they will. Um, right. Just with some other stuff that we've gotten in Phase Four, at least hinted at so far, because uh, we covered in last week in Eternals. You know, we got a hint at Blade, right? And the Black Knight, and, and Black Knight. Uh, I feel like they're setting up. They're just doing it separately so far, but I think they're laying the pieces in for like that Marvel Knights. Oh, sure. Kind of like in the shadows of supernatural mm-hmm. Marvel team up right. that could come. Yeah. And he'd and Moon Knight would be part of that. I think I think that's what they're doing. But yeah, like as it stands, you're like, like, okay, there's these Egyptian gods now. Like, where does that fit in with right. that? Like, much like the Eternals. Right. Much like when we were talking about the Eternals, and like, where does this like this piece with cosmic space gods and and demigods that have been on earth the whole time. Like, how does that fit in with what we've yeah. seen before? This is another piece they throw at you that you're like, okay, how, like, where does this go? Like, mm-hmm. where does this piece fit in the whole puzzle? Right. And we do get some of that, uh, in phase four for sure. One thing I thought was really great was F Murray Abraham is the voice of Kanshu. Oh yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> that was a nice bit. Um, What's he, what's he known for? Amadeus? He's Salieri. He'll always be Salieri, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, to me. And then recently, though, within the last, I don't know, you know, the last thing I'd seen him before that was he had played um, in, a, in, a, in one of my favorite episodes of Louis. I know Louis is a you know, problematic person, but in the, right. in the episode, he's great. Okay. And then he was also, he played Louis' uncle. So he played a bunch of characters. I don't know how or why he was on that show, but he was. Right. Okay. Before that, I didn't see him, you know, I didn't see anything, like, hadn't seen him in a while, but the voice of Concho, I thought he was really great as the, that character. Oh, no, yeah, he's fantastic. He's, like, you want to hate Concho, man. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but he's imposing. He's got that F. Marie Abraham voice. Yep. <laughs> he's nothing if not imposing. Mm-hmm. So moving on from Moon Knight, we've got uh, a May 6th release, 2022, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And this one uh, picks up with Doctor Strange at the wedding for his ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Awkward situation made even more awkward when America Chavez shows up through the multiverse with a dead Doctor Strange in tow, <laughs> right. asking for help. And right. he steps in to help her. So that's where that picks up. Uh, we actually did a whole episode review of this one when it had hit Disney+. Plus. So if you want to hear like our extensive, extensive thoughts... Right. On Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. You can go back to that episode from last year. So I'll let you get into that one. Yeah, overall, I like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I know a lot of people were, again, I keep going back to what people say about it as opposed to what I thought, but there was a lot of rumblings <laughs> about 
you know, they couldn't believe that's what, you know, we got what we got, or they were upset with the fact that, um, you know, Wanda was, was doing her heel turn. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. When, you know, when, when it's, it's, I don't, I, I, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, you know, she's, she's had a lot of in the books. That's, you know, kind of her default setting is that she's going to be villainous at some point. So, right. yeah, you know, that's where she starts from, you know, she had a horrible, horrible upbringing, <laughs> you know, right. There's you know. multiple Avengers stories in the comic where right. it's it's them just trying to deal with her yeah. like, as, as a force of nature out of control, kind right. of. Right, right, uh, right. Avengers disassembled is that. Mm-hmm. House of M is right. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a moment in, in, again, going back to Avengers West Coast or West Coast Avengers, there's a, there's a point where she's on the team and it's after all the stuff that basically plays out, a version of it plays out in, in uh, the WandaVision. It's right. those comics yeah. take from. She does a heel turn and joins up with Magneto again, and well, yeah, you know, there's plenty of time. But it's one of the things where I, I didn't, even though it's 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 you know they set it up in in WandaVision, right? You know the idea that she's she's playing with fire if she's going to look into uh, Cathan, not you know, and the Darkhold. So when people I, I had had a lot of like, huh? When people were kind of like they couldn't believe that that's where we got to <laughs> in that movie, right? Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. I thought the movie was good. I thought, you know, she's, it's, you know, as Tommy and I talked at the time, you remember this Tommy? you're like, I don't know if there's a way to bring her back from this. <laughs> yeah, it, but it felt that way. I mean, I, I know you liked it, but to me, it was, it was too much of a push mm-hmm. um, directly. It right. sort of made it feel like, like, it sort of made it feel like it was inevitable, but it didn't, it didn't feel like there was any repercussions to her heel turn. Okay. Like, this is what I'm going to do. No one can stop me. Done. In Which WandaVision? Fact, well, in WandaVision, I, I, I kind of felt that was more secretive. They didn't right. know she was doing it until it was revealed. Right. But by this point on, no one speaks of anything to it. No one notices it. But it's widely known that she did it. It, mm-hmm. it feels, if at this point, it feels like there are no heroes in the world. Right. And she's mm-hmm. just running, you know, rap shot over everything, regardless of what it is. And they're, and it's, they're making, to me, they're making her feel like more the Phoenix as opposed to, mm-hmm. I can see um, that. her just getting into her powers and figuring out stuff. It it just feels more ham fisted that she's going to be evil and she's gone. So I get I mean, to me this this is where I start to lose faith in their formula. Okay. Um I didn't love the movie. Okay. Because I just felt that um it, they did a lot of things for shocks and surprises. Like the special guest stars that they put in there. Everybody was excited to see what they went with it, but in the end, it was just for uh, shock and awe right. because they they started and ended there. It'd be right. nice to see a survivor or someone come <laughs> out of it, but it was like, nope, they're just there to be killed by her, and that was it. Yeah, the so, Illuminati when she goes to the other world, or when they all go to the other Earth, and we run into the uh, Illuminati of that Earth of Reed Richards, Charles Xavier. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it the the other Captain Marvel? Right. Monica's mother. I can't right. remember her first name. Yeah, it's a squash match. It's it's a wrestling squash. Like it's they're there for, for Wanda to just mow down one after the other right. without done. Without yeah. putting up much of a fight. And Captain and- Carter, of course. Uh yeah, I mean that's that's what they're there for in that in that film. So yeah. I, I mean I get you, I get you. Yeah. To me, it just felt like, what was the point of redeeming her? 
when this is all along what you wanted to go from beginning and you didn't waste any time getting her there. It was like about a year later. Yeah. And the chapter's closed. In like MCU time. Well, yeah. in real time is actually because if you look at everything oh, else that that's true. Yeah. If you look at everything else they've done, they they don't pull out the next chapter unless it's a guest star. So for her to go to the heel turn that quickly without any other characterization from anyone outside of the Avengers was quick to me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, mean, I mean, you could argue again if you go back to WandaVision that her heel turn started started a little bit earlier than just getting the dark hold. Yeah. When when she did what? Took over an entire town and subverted their will and played. Yeah, played, but that's <laughs> yeah, but house. to me, but to me, with the with the explanation of that, you almost get it from the from as soon as she came back from being gone for five years, she started the rage in the in the in in her heart, finding out that you know that the vision's gone and basically that was her only. So I get that mm-hmm. that we were blessed for the show because we got an extended explanation due to the uh, number of episodes it was already what three movies, right? But for WandaVision, it was just like, okay, she took the book, full blown evil. No, no, no coming back. <laughs> no, you know, no remorse. Right. This is what I want. I'm going to get it. I, I, now I know I can get it. We're done. And that was it. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, okay. Hmm. I don't, again, I look at this. She, she, she had her, whether she meant to or not, Westview was her, her, her t- sticking her toe in the idea of like, I've got all this power. What can I do with it? Oh, I can do this with it. Whether she meant to or didn't mean to, right? So is she the consummate villain? Is that what is that I'm going to take from that? And no matter what, she's the consummate villain. I just think she's going to be one of those characters that it's going to be from you know because she. I, I don't think she's done. I don't think she's you know she's not dead dead. I think she's right. she's, she's movie or comic book dead. She'll be back right. if it's off screen. Nobody's really dead, right? Until she's, until right. they she's, tell you otherwise. Unless they drop, so no one dropped a house on her. This isn't Oz, <laughs> so she's she'll be back. You know, no. no I, but I'm saying my thing is, I, she, I know she's just like the consummate villain, but it's also one of those things of, you know, I think it'll be unlike the. That's one thing we didn't get. In the, you never really get in the comics. Like I don't feel that that's one thing with all of her her moments of having, um, you know, having a breakdown or having a moment where she loses control of her powers or whatever. There's never that moment of like you step into a room with Wanda after that point and you're kind of freaked out and scared of her. I want that in the MCU. I want that moment of like we're gonna do what with who. Yeah, but at this point, um, to me, she's a villain at this point. There's no redeeming. At this point, she's more dangerous than Zemo, you know? It, mm-hmm. It's it's and then who they complicitly feel is a villain. So with the emergency, uh, with the emergence of, which is inevitable, I agree with you. It's just like, how are you going to paint her? Um, I, I'm just, it just felt like it was just quick in that jump towards it. That's all. All right, well, here's my question for you. What did Tony Stark start as? Uh, 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 what's it called? Arms dealer. Right. You think also? So, so on top of that, how many people died in Sokovia? Oh, uh, for me, I think Tony's a villain, but no one. Believe, no one <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. We, we, we. You know, Tony died a hero. That's not fair. That's what she says in the movie. Again, it's all it's all context. It's not fair that that that, that you know that Doctor Strange you know resets the universe and does whatever he wants to, and he's he's the hero and she's the villain. That's a big. I think that's a, something you could play with with her even now. Oh, but to me, she's just going to be bitter. I mean, there's nothing to me. Well, I'm saying I, I'm not disagreeing with you about the context she's seen. Right. But um, it's just it to me, it was just quick. It was just it was, to me, it was just quick. I'm not saying that she shouldn't be a villain. Right. I'm just saying it was extremely quick. 
Right. It took, but I, it took I, Tony ten years to be that uh, you know beloved villain. But at the same token, remember the argument where that um that one guy was about civil war. If they just listened to to, to mm-hmm. Tony, it'd be fine. <laughs> right. But to just me, like, orders. But Tony was the villain on several occasions <laughs> in the civil war. I agree. But what I'm saying is, I don't, I don't feel that it was quick. I feel like it was there all along. No, I'm not. It's not a matter of if it was there. It's they got to her ending pretty fast, is what I'm saying. Okay. I agree. I mean, again, I, I'm not saying that they didn't wrap, you know, it was one and done and wrapped up. I'm just saying, you know, comics, man. They, <laughs> wow. I don't, wow. I don't but, you know, call me cynical, but, you know, when you've read thousands and thousands of these things, yeah. you're like, well, yeah, I saw her die, but I didn't see a body. There's no funeral. Mm. You know, she could have pulled, you know, there was, there was, there's, we go back and look at the scene. There's crimson energy going through Mount Wondergore. I guess, but it doesn't make me. Eh, it just hit, it just hit the hit the goalpost a lot faster than I was expected. That's all. Mm-hmm. I know, but again, if it might have been different, here's what the other thing: it might have been because originally at one point, Strange was supposed to show up at the end of you know there was a rumor was Strange was supposed to show up. There was some script out there somewhere. Strange was supposed to basically float in and be like, "Wanda, we need to talk," and they delayed that to give you know to make Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness. So we didn't really get that scene of Doctor Strange coming and being like, hey, you know, what's up? <laughs> what are you, why are you, why right. are you doing this? You know, they just name check him. You know, the, uh, Agatha name checks him the source being, she's more powerful than the Source of Supreme, right? Yeah. And then, and then we get the movie. So, I mean, again, it's one of those things where we'll, we'll talk more about it when we get towards the end of, of our list. Where okay. from a different, if it was one, if it was WandaVision season two and Doctor Strange showed up, I don't think it would have ended the same way. Okay. I have a real question before we move on then. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't the same ending go to Doctor Strange then? To what do you mean? To your like, villain? Similar to Wanda, because basically, to me, it's almost the same thing. Oh, it's abuse of power all the time. The checks do. The check will come due again. Yeah. I, more, <laughs> I mean, that's that's coming at some point. It has to. Okay. And I think that is hinted at in the film itself when, mm-hmm. like, that third eye thing is because yeah. he dipped his toe in in the wrong type of power. And, yes. And once you do that, like, you cannot shake it as no. easy as. Right, as easy as you hope or think you can. Right, I think that's. I think that whole thing again. I don't know what we're gonna get. I mean, you know, but we've read it. Have you, Clifton? Have you read the the end of? Uh, no, I'm talking about the Hickman stuff when 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 it comes down to the incursions and what they have to do. Um, you, I'm. I don't think I remember all of it. I've okay, read so much yeah, of some, it. yeah something's some, coming. There's something's coming. I mean, that there's a huge stuff for Doctor Strange, and there's some huge yeah. choices to be made, and that's why I think we're, we'll get that moment, Tommy. Mm-hmm. No, it's coming. It's just a bit, especially with how it ended. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I think is it's going to be. You know, you, you you think you got a handle on this? You're about to learn. No, you don't. <laughs> so arrogance can only get you so far. Right. Yeah, I mean, the one thought I have on is like I again like referring to like different thoughts I've seen people have out there. I know some people thought like the WandaVision show was the end of that type of story for Wanda, where they're like, right. "Oh, it's wrapped up." Like she's she's back to good now, right? Whereas like us from the comics know like, "Oh no, like this happens. This isn't done. <laughs> like no. this this is a thing that happens." But in the context of of just MCU, I can definitely sympathize. With those people who who look at Doctor Strange and think like like again like yeah. didn't, didn't she do this I I can definitely sympathize with that viewpoint on the movie as well yeah uh, from those people yeah if that's their experience but to me I just felt that the ending came too quick because uh, with the with no Wonder Man you know is there's a mm-hmm. lot of factors that prevent her or you know cry for change before she comes to I just felt it was very quick to hit that ending that's okay gotcha. 
So moving on from them, we went from a, a darker note to a lighter note. We had on June 8th, the release of on Disney Plus, the Ms. Marvel series, mm-hmm. which introduces uh, our young protagonist, Kamala Khan, kind of an average teenage girl living in Jersey City <laughs> of, of Pakistani American family uh, background, Muslim and her kind of coming of age and, and dealing with powers that she, that she seems to, to fall into. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kamala Khan was created, I think in first appeared, I think in a Captain Marvel comic uh, in 2013, they got her own series in 2014. So this is a character that's still like fairly new, uh, but did become a big part of, of Marvel comics pretty fast. Yep. Uh, and enough to, to get her own series on Disney plus. And and not be too surprising if you are familiar with the comics. You're like, yeah, like there's a lot of meat to this character. It's a good, it's a great character. She's got probably like one of the best young characters since Spider Man. I think, like I enjoyed her comic a lot. Yep, which was by um, G Willow Wilson writer Adrian Alfana did the art initially and created her. Um, it's just a ton of fun, and yeah. and the show. At least, I, I mean, from that first episode, I could tell they're capturing it. I'm like, they've got her. Like, they mm-hmm. nail the spirit of Kamala Khan yeah. in the first episode. Um, as the show goes on, it is one that I think has some growing pains, like, <laughs> as a series. Yeah. Not, just, not just her coming-of-age story, but it does seem to be like they're kind of feeling out, like, how to go as they're in production a little bit. And I think some of this is behind-the-scenes stuff where they had different business sides at play and really like, what can we play with? And then by the time they finished production, they were allowed to play with things they couldn't at the beginning of production, possibly. And I'm hinting at power origin yeah. changes throughout the show to the very end, because that is like, they, they kind of, we get three different explanations for where her powers come from in this show. Mm-hmm. And that one I think is, is kind of business side of things and, and we'll get it. I'll cover that in, in a little bit, but I just want to hear what, uh, what your thoughts on the show are first. I like the show. Mm-hmm. I do feel it's a little bit all over the place. Yeah. Um, I kind of thought it, we'd never, ever get a, ch- a name check or kind of a, an allusion to the clandestine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Clandestines. <laughs> yeah. Ever in any of it, I thought there would be, you know, I thought maybe, you know, my, my, my daughter's children might learn about that someday when they're on, you know, year 40 of, (laughs) of the, of the MCU. (laughs) What else can we do? What else can we mind? I don't know. Alan Davis had something he did. Did he do something? Let's, let's do that thing. Um, I'm like, I'm not even sure Alan Davis remembered mm -hmm. (laughs) clandestine. Right. And he made them up and he created them. Yeah. There Um, is. There is. Which is the like one of the origins that I was referring to. Like that's mm-hmm. one of the the origins they give her along the way in this show that that then changes again. But right, sort of, yeah. So I, I, that that to me was kind of you know. And then again, I know a lot of people are again. I go back to disappointment. Uh, a lot of people are disappointed that we didn't get her um her actual like she didn't get her actual power set. And there was a lot of talk about well, the Fantastic Four are coming. You can't have two stretchy characters, which is silly. Right. Um, yeah, I, that is something I suspected. That was kind of one of my thinking too. Was like her her growing fist powers, where I'm like, I, I don't know if they think it's too similar to to read in mm-hmm. visuals. I don't know. Right. 
But again, it's one of those things where I, I overall, my biggest thing is she's great. The actress who plays her is terrific. I, I don't mm. think, uh, you know, when they say that, oh, we got the perfect person. This is one of the few times I, it's not just hype. I actually believe that. Um, what is her name? Aman Vellani. Yeah, I think she's awesome. I can't wait to see her in anything, everything they're going to put her in, whether it's the Marvels or any of the Avengers stuff. Um, I'm super excited to have her in it because I think she's terrific. That's my my main takeaway from it. The story is not bad. Right. Um, I like how they try to weave some of the history stuff. Um, I like the family aspect of it. I think all the family works well together with her. But overall, I you know, it's it's one of those, I don't know, maybe it just didn't work for me because it was kind of like the villains are kind of tepid. They're mm. not really... You know, they're 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 possibly one thing and they're possibly another. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was my thing. I just didn't. The story was like I said. I liked it, but mostly I liked it because of her. I think if they, you had a lesser actress or an actress who wasn't suited for Ms. Marvel right. or Kamala Khan, I don't think I'd have been that much into it. But yeah, I'll watch anything that she's in as the character. I'm super excited for it. Yeah. I mean, she won me over. The writing of her is mm-hmm. good. I think they they write her solidly to portray her personality. Yep. To portray the character of of Kamala Khan. The family stuff I thought was all great. Mm-hmm. I I did like seeing this the partition story that we got about the the Indian uh Pakistani partition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. Gives it like a big but personal like story at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like the, that was the thing I was referring to again, like the villains, it does seem to change. They seem to, to kind of start one way and mm. then production wise, not just story wise, but it seems like something behind the scenes, they're like, oh, let's go this way. And right. it does definitely weaken. It yep. does weaken the threat overall when you're like, what, what, what were they again? Right. <laughs> like they're gin first mm. and then they're clandestine. Right. And yeah, it it does make you a little, uh, they seem a little non-committal on what yeah. the threat of that show was. And then the real threat seems to be the, like, damage control. <laughs> right. Which, again, like MCU damage control, I mean, much different than comic damage control, where comic no. damage control was like yeah. a fun workplace comedy, and MCU damage control is like another, you know, governmental force to be reckoned with. Out of nowhere. That's Out of the nowhere. other thing. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of that's like, it's like they're trying things out and none of it's quite sticking on that aspect. But again, like I go to Ms. Marvel for Kamala Khan. Amal Vani is fantastic. I think they nailed her family life and friend life mm-hmm. perfectly from the comics. So yeah, I definitely want to see more of her. Definitely. Uh-huh. But no, but the, the clandestine they got, but it was just, it was more than that, in my opinion. Well, I never finished the series. I think I stopped on third or second episode but then okay. i had it explained to me as going forward but the clandestine from alan davis it that that whole generation of family was made from a human um falling in love with the gin so all okay. of them are descendants uh, of okay so i actually didn't know that connection yeah. through uh through the actual clandestine yeah that does and make then, it more interesting and then on top of that a lot of people were uh confused because they know Ms. Marvel to be a um, inhuman. Right. So that inclination yeah. of it is separated from it as opposed to the break- bracelets where everyone thought she was more Quasar than Ms. Marvel, Ms. Marvel right. as far as the power set was concerned. But to me, I fell out of it because there was just wasn't the strong antagonist. Like what you said, mm-hmm. it kept changing um, every so often in order to accommodate her threat at the time because she overcomes something 
and it'd be a new threat from a new source. And then they made you sympathize with the with the enemy as well as change the enemy towards the end, which was part of a friend, but wasn't part of a friend. I right. mean, to me, it was it was there was no fault in the depiction of her and what she was trying to achieve, mm-hmm. but most on the part of who's going to be her real threat and what exactly she's going to embrace. To me, it just felt I felt a little disjointed from it and structuring as to what she's actually trying to accomplish or become without having them to rely on her original uh, characterization. It's almost like, how do you make Spider-Man Spider-Man without having him bit by a spider? Right. Yeah, you know, right. that's that's what I felt by it. So I, I, I get how some people would feel that way. But for me, I wasn't that closely attracted to the character from beginning. So I felt a way, I felt a need to not have to watch it as much yeah now going back to that origin like her, like i said her origin in the comics was 2014 she was created in in part of a story called inhumanity at the mm. time which is when they, they did an adaptation of this story also in the agents of shield show a mm-hmm. few years after the comic ran where um like a terrigen mist that created the inhuman characters that we also saw in the inhuman series that ran on abc got unleashed and, and just started turning a lot of people who didn't know they were inhuman started activating their inhuman powers. And that's how Ms. Marvel gets her powers in the comics. And I was not surprised at all that they changed that for MCU. I was fully expecting her to not be an inhuman in mm. the show. I would have been more surprised if she was, if they had kept that for the show, just because like it was an idea that they had attempted before, at least on Marvel TV on the ABC shows and it didn't stick. And and there are like business reasons and the time at the comics of why they did that story, where they mm-hmm. wanted to push those characters as opposed to other characters at the time because they had full control over the Inhumans character's property. They didn't have full control over this other character's property, um, X-Men, I'll say. <laughs> I'll just say it's the X-Men. Right. So that's why they made her an Inhuman at the time. So then, like, spoiling the very end of the show when they they do like the third origin reveal like after Jin, after clandestine which now like thanks to tommy i do know are connected so that makes more sense to me um but then they reveal like oh and now there's possibly mutant connection <laughs> right and that also doesn't surprise me to a point because i was i was thinking even at the time of the comic i was like they're thinking of her as a mutant like she's the right age for mutant right. power to manifest this is very much like a like a mutant manifestation power story they're telling with her in the comics. Yeah. So if they want to go that way with her, I'm not surprised at all mm-hmm. uh, that they put her in the in the X Men camp as opposed to the Inhumans camp. Yeah, I think if it'd been without without the outside politics, I think she would absolutely have been. That's where the way it would have gone anyway. So. Yeah, it's a much easier origin. It's, mm-hmm. It carries less baggage actually. Uh, yeah. In the comics, because the Inhumans, if you know from the comics, from the the show attempts, uh, I mean, like there's great ideas there, but it's it comes with some baggage. Yeah. <laughs> and we do get Black Bolt in in uh, the most famous, the leader of the Inhumans in, in Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Again, I was actually surprised about that, but right. But there they nailed him. He was great in that. Yep. In, in what? Um, unfortunately, until he gets squashed <laughs> in a limited capacity. Yes. <laughs> by Wanda. Yes. But it was nice to see him there. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on from that. July 8th, 2022, we get Thor Love and Thunder mm-hmm. in the theaters. This one picks up with Jane Foster. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, 
being diagnosed with cancer. Right. In a search for treatment, she's led to back to, well, to new Asgard at that time because she feels a calling to Mjolnir, the mm-hmm. hammer. At the same time, we get a new threat in Gore, the God Butcher, who's been toyed with by his God to the point where he's now seeking revenge on all gods right. after taking out the one that toyed with him. So we have those two plot lines coming together where now we've got Gore after coming after Thor, coming after all gods in general, uh, but Thor and the Asgardians. And then we have Jane, who's now been granted powers by Mjolnir to become Thor as well. Right. Again, they're they're searching. They're going back to like 2014 a lot <laughs> in this wave, in this wave of 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 comics source stories. Because the mm-hmm. the Mister Knight Moon Knight was 2014 or so, 2014, 2015. Uh, Ms. Marvel 2014 or so. This Thor story, Thor Goddess of Thunder with Jane Foster, also 2014 is about where it started or so, uh, roughly. So they're they're really they're they're going into that well of of Marvel comics, which I guess was kind of like a, a sort of renaissance in the, in the comics at the time. Cause it's also the same time we get uh, Gwen Stacy, spider Gwen, just unrelated to all this stuff, but, mm. but another great character that, that has become prominent in pulp culture. Right. From the same time period of the comics. So there's a lot of stuff happening in Marvel comics in 2014 or so. Uh, crazily enough. I might have to look into that <laughs> as yeah. an episode. There's a theory there. Yeah. <laughs> see yeah. what happened in 2014 Marvel. Because uh, it was a lot. But this one, like the comic story, one of my favorite Thor runs. It's a great run. Ever. It's yeah. Jason Aaron. It's uh, Russell Dowderman on this one a lot. Uh, and I wasn't sure about it being adapted into the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. I like Taika Waititi a lot. But for some reason, I was like, I don't know if he's going to like, I don't know if he's quite going to nail this one. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like I was half right <laughs> in the end, right. and I don't know why I thought that because I was like, I mean, the, the the that run has a lot of heart. I mean, it's it's got some some seriousness to it, but it's also a lot of fun. That run right. of the comics where you're dealing with a, a story of sick Jane Foster and and she's kind of got this double life now going of of like she's ailing, her body's failing her, and then. She's out here living this alternate life as as Thor, and in the comics, they don't know who it is for a while. Right, it's a mystery. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite bits in the comics is that they don't know who this other Thor is because she keeps the helmet on, and all of a sudden she's you know she's healthy, she's fit, she's a warrior, mm-hmm. and then they still go back and see Jane, and Jane is still you know ailing, and they don't put it together. And and one of the bits in the comics is that Thor is like wandering around with his little scroll. That has like like every woman's name he knows written on it. Right. Where he's trying to figure out who it is and he's crossing them off one by one, just every woman he happens to know to see if, if that's who it is. I mean, and thinking that you know, it could be his mother, it could be who's not dead in the comics at that right. time, uh, unlike the films, but you know, Valkyrie, Sif, Jane, they're all on the list, and he just doesn't know who it is. But there was just something, I don't know why, where I was like, like I love Tyke and Tyke can do tons of heart. Like Jojo Rabbit, heartbreaking movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Humphrey Wilder people, tons of heart. Um, I mean, more even in even in silly things like like what we do in the shadows, like there's there's good character. But there was just something where I was like, in his superhero stuff, he can kind of tend to go too silly. Mm-hmm. 
And I do, that's my thoughts on, on love and thunder. The first half, I actually like the second half quite a bit, but I think he took it a little too silly before he brought it back. Yeah. That's my initial take on Thor love and thunder. I, uh, I like it, but I don't like it. It's one of the, <laughs> it's one of the few that I can like, it's, it's weird that, I, that as much as I like Ragnarok and I think Ragnarok's a great movie and I think it's a great take on Thor. I thought this one, it was something Tommy said that, that about, you know, is Thor searching for himself again? Like, <laughs> like, is that, is that, the, is that just what we're relegated to having Thor do in these movies is, right. you know, he's got to figure out who he is every single movie. And again, I, the character has gone through a lot by the time we get to love and thunder. Right. Yeah. You know, he's obviously been through a ton and we saw that played out. And I think all that stuff works wonderfully. I think all that stuff in Endgame and, Infinity War, I think that arc of him, you know, all that is awesome. I think that all is, is pretty terrific. Uh, but this isn't, I think another thing about the the, the storyline with, with um, Mighty Thor, with Jane Foster, mm-hmm. is the whole aspect of that Thor's not worthy at that point. Right. You know, that's a big part of it too, is that Thor right. is, is sort of floundering around. I mean, it's not quite the same, I'm searching for myself and I don't know what I'm doing kind of a thing, or I don't know my place in the universe kind of a thing. But he definitely is unworthy because of something that happens in, in the original Sin miniseries, also by Jason Aaron. Yeah, um, so that is the aspect, is he can't lift the hammer. Right. So he had left the hammer on the moon in that story because the, he can't pick it up right. <laughs> anymore. Right. And then that's part of the mystery of why somebody else got it in right. there. And you know, and it's not it's not a you know, it's not really a you know, I guess they didn't want to while he's sort of searching for himself, they didn't want to kick him while he's down. And I like the open with the guardians. I think all that stuff is while it's silly is fun. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've heard some people say that, that it's, it's partly silly because um, you have an unreliable narrator in Korg. Right. You know, and that's part of the reason why it's not quite so serious, but I get, you know, I understand why people don't, don't have, you know, can't, it's not, a, it's not a very, it's not the best balancing of the various storylines. I don't right. think, because I think gore is something, if you've read those comics, it's a great story. It's really, yeah. gr- it's really good. Yeah. Um, it's some, you know, some, some of my favorite Jason Aaron superhero stuff for sure is, is that gore, you know, and I only read it within like, I read it recently. I read the mighty Thor stuff first mm-hmm. and then went back and read it. Like I said, just a couple, you know, maybe a year or so ago, I read all the, the God butcher stuff. Yeah. And you I know. think those in the comics, I think the God butchers part of the story was Jason Aaron and Esau Ribic. I think. Mm-hmm. Or, or yeah. Maybe. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautiful stuff. Um, but, you know, it's a tough one to do and it's tough to get the, 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 the fact that Jane is going through the having cancer and you know, there's <laughs> Mjolnir is, is jealous and <laughs> you know, there's all this stuff and there's right. goats and yeah. I don't know. I, it's not, it's not awful. Cause I didn't think it was awful, but at the same right. time, I just, I, it's, it's so oddly balanced. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's that's where I am on it. But I like I said, I do like the second half quite a bit. Like after mm-hmm. they leave the the city of the gods, mm-hmm. uh after that, yeah, like I'm I'm fully on board. Okay. And before yeah. that, I'm only half on board. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I again part of me was hoping we'd get more, you know, more of a collaboration between James Gunn and Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. And had more of it had more of a balance between again, I would have liked to have seen th- something I mean animated anything with Thor and then the Guardians. I thought that would have been a lot of fun, right, you know that's your goofy movie right there, I mean, yeah, you know that lends itself to them being you know 
after all that, again, all that those characters went through in Infinity War and, and their own movie in right. you know, Endgame. I think there's, you know, a light, a light piece with them would have worked great. But, yeah. you know, it seems very much a, yeah, I rode with them for a while and now I'm shoving them. <laughs> we got to broom them off because this is my movie. <laughs> is what it fe- <laughs> right. is definitely what it felt like watching it yeah. at home. I was like, and I didn't, this is one of the few that I would not seen in the theater was Thor Love and Thunder because I didn't hear that much about it and it was i hear that was that was you know people didn't seem to like it but it was also one of those things of just with everything going on i didn't get a chance to see it but i I definitely felt that there was that notion of you know again had this been a guardians movie i don't know if thor would have been shuffled off so quickly i I still think i still think gunn would have played with the idea of at least given us one sort of adventure as opposed to just you know thor and his backup band the guardians (laughs) when you know when obviously they're heroes in their own right you know, it might again, but again, I like I said, the thing with Korg is what I try to think about when I've watched it. You know, I thought about it since then. I'm like, well, you know, it's Korg telling the story. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. You can help balance the, the scales, I guess. I guess. But yeah. The movie, I never saw it. I still didn't care to see it. And, okay. and it was not, and it's not because I didn't like Thor, Taika Waititi. Right. It just comes across as Thor, The Last Stand. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a, them adapting what, a seven, six year old? Um, arc in the mm. books, which mm. was very in depth. I just didn't think it would be about Thor. The fact that they made it about Thor was—I don't think it was the nature of the story. Right. And they couldn't make him unworthy because they did that in the first movie. Yeah. Um. So it's—it was kind of repetition, but with more depth. So I just felt that they—they they had the nature of it, but they just didn't capture it. So mm-hmm. I just stepped back and let other people review it, and then thrust in with comedy of it. Um comedy doesn't really hurt Thor, but in this aspect of it, from what you guys are describing, it felt like it did. Yeah, it's just the balance was a little weird, I think, yeah. for a lot of people. And I felt that, too. Uh, there's things I like a lot in it. Like I said, the second half, I think he kind of gets it right. I think he focuses in on the heart. The like the, the final with the kids, I yeah. actually love. I mm-hmm. don't know why. Like that, for some reason, that doesn't seem too silly to me. No. Where his stuff earlier on does. But for some reason, like I'm completely on board with all these kids with Thor powers fighting with stuffed animals. Like I love that. I don't yeah. know why that works for me, but other stuff didn't. It's weird. It's a it's, weird balance of a movie. We, yeah. we probably got something as a result of James Gunn leaving for that short stint in Marvel to do DC work. Yeah. Um, we probably have, we're going to imagine something different based upon the collaboration of the guardians and Thor. But mm-hmm. again, I think this movie was probably produced during that time when James Gunn wasn't readily available. Okay. And when he probably made peacemaker and, um, um suicide squad. So yeah, possibly, that, yeah. yeah, because for them to roll out that as if the guardians weren't a good add on makes little sense. It's right. almost because it's almost like they, they, they honored the, the union, but they knew they couldn't do as much with it. Like James Gunn did. So they shuffled it off and put on a whole different track in order for us to get what was going to be produced and shown in a timely fashion. But again, it just felt, I don't know, to me, it, from what I've seen, it almost feels like I didn't miss anything that occurred (laughs) with, um, not watching love and thunder. Like everything that comes after it doesn't feel like it was connected at all. Yeah. I mean, maybe there might be something interconnecting or, fallout or you know something involving it but it just seems like oh this happened this thing happened you can see it if you want to but eh, it you don't have to that's what it feels like at least <laughs> but yeah i didn't watch the movie at all all this speculation and thoughts behind it were from comments 
uh, reviews. Okay. People telling me. So right. I can't really chime in to say I love it or hate it. I just okay. never seen it. Gotcha. All right. So I'm going to move on to a quick one here. And that is I Am Groot, which was a series <laughs> of animated shorts that hit Disney Plus in August 10th. Uh, I just bring up because they're adorable. Yeah, they're fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're all short. They're kind of like uh, I mean, it's just little Groot, little like baby Groot stories from different points in time, and and they're adorable. That's right. like classic animated shorts, no dialogue or, or super little inferred dialogue and sounds and things. Of course, because he says I am Groot, but. Yeah, no, I enjoyed them quite a bit. So I do recommend checking those out on Disney Plus. If you, it's not much of a time investment either. No, goes by quick. Yeah, they're adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on from that one to August 18th, we get She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, an action sitcom on Disney Plus, picking up with Jennifer Walters, uh, Bruce Banner's cousin, who is in an accident. And gets blood mixed with Bruce. Right. And because of, of genetic predisposition being similar to Bruce, turns her into She-Hulk. Yes. And she has to learn how to control the She-Hulk powers and, and balance that with her career as an attorney in, in humorous fashion. Um, I feel like personally, we here tried to prepare people for this show (laughs) (laughs) at multiple points whenever we talked about it in advance. Right. Like we, we all brought up the, the fourth wall breaking, Mm. like seminal John Byrne run of the comics that this was very much modeled on. In addition to other comic creators who, who kind of took that and ran with it, that concept and ran with it. Dan slot being one of them. So I feel like we always brought it up. We always brought up the fourth wall breaking She-Hulk with the meta and the over the top and all that. And people should have listened to us because I think a lot of people were not ready for that. No. At all when watching the show. I loved it. I was fully expecting it and knew what I or thought I knew what I was going to get and then did get what I thought I was going to get. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, Tatiana Maslany is is fantastic. I loved her in Orphan Black. So I always had high hopes for her in this. And I, I think she's great. I think she was a lot of fun. And, and she brought the right kind of humor and, and kind of attitude to this thing. So what do you all think on this one? This is the show that I was expecting Disney shows to be. Mm-hmm. Like it brought back uh, old characters that clearly some people have forgotten about. Um, had the right amount of action and playfulness. It right. introduced new characters, introduced, again, cameos from other characters, or like specifically Daredevil. Um, it threw in her a little bit of a rogues gallery with uh, Titania, or Titania, Titania. Right. Titania. Yeah, I've never, I've, I've never known yes. how to pronounce it either. Yes, yeah. both. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it gave it, to me, it was almost damn near a comic book adaptation of the series in which it was had the, right around the goofiness, weird happenings, how Jennifer would mix her personal life and her image of She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. It felt the most organic in a way. It, it's it's a shame that people didn't embrace it as other stuff that uh, the MCU has done. But I think it was, it, was, it, it was perfect in its incarnation, at least the first season. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I was, I, I wanted, you know, there was, there was nothing, I mean... I had high hopes for this. I was amazed that we got it. And I was not <laughs> the least bit disappointed with what we got. 
Um, the I will say this: the episode with the 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 magicians, right, is one of the most comic book episodes issues we've ever gotten of anything. Like, if you want to know what 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 a She Hulk comic book would be like, that's it. Like, I'm dealing with this thing. I'm gonna get probably end up a mess at the end of it. Um, and handle it, and I'm gonna go back to be in my having my life. But the idea, you know, that's that's it. That's that's how that book was for Burn. For a lot of it was like she would get in some crazy situation. It would be it be finished by the end of the episode or the end of the issue, right. and then she would try to go back to being like quote unquote normal for a you know a seven foot tall green woman who has you know the powers of the Hulk. Right. <laughs> you know that was it. That was that was that book, and it's one of those things where. I don't think like for her own show, it's perfect. I think we, you know, if we get a second season, I'm all for it. I'm all for whatever they put her in. Same thing with is Miss Marvel put her in whatever I'm watching. I think Tatiana Maslany was awesome. I think she was just perfect for it. Um, you know, I know people were, were, were complaining about the look of it. It'll get better. Stop whining there. At one point, the Hulk for me was a guy painted green. So <laughs> shut up about your whining about how things look. You're so, yeah. you have it so good. You don't even know. But the fact that we even got this show and it works and you can like like Tommy was saying, you can have Daredevil in it. You can yeah. have Frogman in it, for goodness right. sake. You know, <laughs> the, all that stuff is amazingly good. You know, it was great. It was so much fun. And like I said, it's I don't think when we get her in, say, an Avengers movie, we'll get all the we'll get her personality. Right. But she'll be doing superhero stuff because that's how it was. Like you would like. Byrne did her book so different than her appearances. Go if you want to see, go back and read her Byrne handled her in Fantastic Four versus her own series, and they are completely different. Mm-hmm. But yet it's the same character. Right. Yeah. And that's what that's one of the things I don't think people got about it was like she's not doing that in an Avengers book. Right. You know, when they have her in other things, she's not fourth walling. It's not like again, you don't have that moment like Bruce has early on where he looks at her like, who are you talking to? <laughs> like that doesn't happen outside of her own book. And I think that's one of the things right. that, that Marvel, I think needs to embrace more often is the idea that, you know, we have stuff that doesn't fit the mold and that's okay. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, you're going to burn people out if you keep putting out stuff and it's all the same. So I think this, even all the way through the ending, like the ending to me, I'm like, that's a shield book. Right. That's, that's stuff. Oh, yeah. I, you know, all that stuff. I mean, there's issues, like there's points in her comic run where in with burn, and and I think other writers too, but Byrne was a, was the mainstay for that book. The the main force on it was like she'd get bored of the storyline and tear through pages to get to the end. <laughs> like that's what she does. So right. it's no like the, that we got the thing where she does the bit with the with coming through the channel. You know, let, yeah, let's see what else. Through the menu. Through the menu. Yeah, right. that's that's no. I, I'm I'm here for it. I'm here yeah. for anything else we get with Shield. I, I thought it was great. Yeah, like when you're referring to the Magicians episode, that gave us the uh, Madison supporting character who's like somehow almost stole a whole Marvel show just being this like happy, drunk party girl. Yeah, a character that normally in anything else would just make me irritated. But I I mean, for this, her and Wongers, I'm for it. It's fantastic. Yeah, if we get if we get like, you know, there's there's rumblings that we might get a Wong show, which I'm for. Right, you know, I think it's it, you know the the character Wong from the comics is not the character from the, the MCU, and that's <laughs> no. that, and that's fine. Yeah, I like both, but I I I have I'm perfectly okay with Wong and and Madison in some capacity. Not maybe not for the entire thing, <laughs> right? But, but being but still being friends. Yeah, of course. I'm like I'm all for it, absolutely. And I thought, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, who played uh Titania or Titania? Titania <laughs> or Titania? We're not sure. Jamila Jamil. I thought she was great. She didn't deserve any of the nonsense that she got. 
people just being dicks no. and it, she was great too i think it's one of those things where I, again i would i would love you know if they gave her more of a actual straight up villain role as opposed to like what she got like which was the influencer but also a villain i, I i'm all for that too i'd love to see her paired with an absorbing man of some sort mm-hmm. you know the classic from the comics but even even what we got i liked i thought she was great too right. so i don't know again I, i'm all for another season or the only thing, the only, here's the only thing I will say. The only thing, I, the only caveat about this whole thing, which I thought was really odd. And I know why they're doing it because they're setting up all the Young Avengers stuff. Right. Yeah. The, the Scar stuff. Right. Bringing in Scar was a bit of a, of a, like a random toss in at the end. It was just like, it's just like, you know, you're having a pool party and someone takes a tire off their car and throws it in the middle of the pool. <laughs> right. Like, and I mean, like, like, like rim, like, Tire rim and everything, not just the tire itself, like all of it into the pool. And like, all right, we're here now. Right. Yeah. It was really clunky. And I right. and I and I get we gotta get that out there. But you know, it was when a you weird make, place to put it. It was a weird place to put it, even when she even when you have the joke of when she's talking to Kevin about the fact that that's eh, save it for the movie. You know. Right. No, I guess we're not saving it for the movie. So again, <laughs> just weird, clunky. Otherwise, great. Great series. Love yeah. it. Yeah. I have my suspicions about why they put Scar in there, but okay. uh, I just think I think it is a setup of possibly a Young Avengers piece, another one. Yeah, probably. But in place of one of the ones we know from the comics, that's my theory. I, I think I still think we're getting we're getting a mix of Young Avengers and Champions, and yeah. not not the Hercules Ghost Rider Black Widow one. Right, the more recent teen hero comic right. book. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Moving on to another new addition in phase four that we did not have before in any of the previous phases. And this is specials, mm-hmm. Marvel special presentations. Um, that was a new introduction this year on Disney plus the first one up was werewolf by night, mm-hmm. October 7th, 2022. Again, kind of like the, the Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. This is another one that we actually devoted a whole episode to. Uh, so if you want to hear us talk about just this for an hour, just Werewolf by Night for an hour or so, <laughs> right. uh, go listen to that episode, because that's one I do know that we all like really, really loved. Yeah. Uh, I think overwhelmingly all four of us on that episode. And I was going to say, we didn't do like our normal, like full on best of 2022 mm. or like year end best of review last year, just because when we took hiatus, we did a abbreviated version just focusing on stuff from the end of the year but if we had done like the full-on looking back at the whole year best of werewolf by night would have been my number one yeah i think of my favorite thing that i watched from 2022 Mm. Uh, i think so i think i liked it that much okay um but yeah i mean it's again uh we mentioned this character earlier as is where moon knight first appeared but Werewolf by Night was in the 70s, a comic book that was a horror comic book for Marvel following Jack Russell, which <laughs> is a name that always gets a laugh. Right. As a the the you know titular werewolf that was just kind of in very 70s story fashion, mm-hmm. going from place to place, minding his own business, trying to be a werewolf with the forces after him, right. with forces always after him. Yeah. You know, like like the Incredible Hulk show, yeah, the seventies, like very much in that fashion of story, and and Moon Knight was introduced as one of the forces that was after him mm-hmm. along the way in his story, but now we get Werewolf by Night the same year as Moon Knight in in MCU, which as as Frank was saying earlier is 
Like, I mean, it's a good, it's good timing. Yeah. <laughs> and I do think we'll get them. I think we'll get them eventually instead of at their points of origin. Uh, I think we will, they will line up down the line, but yeah, like just the, the horror corner that they introduce to the MCU in this one, I think is fantastic. Mm. And I can't wait to see more of it. And we'll just do, maybe not spend as much time on this one since we have that whole other episode, but mm. give me your quick thoughts on this one. It was really good. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not expanding upon it. Let them listen to the episode. Yes. I'm not, yeah, nah. It was really good as well. Yeah. yeah. And that's all <laughs> I'm what saying. I said. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great one. I wish yeah. they do more of them. I'm, yeah. like, I'm hoping yeah. we, we're supposed to get more and I'm looking forward to more and this is great. Go watch it. And then listen to us talk about it. Yeah. I think it's a great way for them to introduce new characters. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we'll give a shout out. I'll give a shout out to Michael Giacchino, who mm-hmm. is the director. He's a composer turned director and yep. apparently is, is a master of multiple arts because his music's great and his directing of, of this special is is phenomenal. And I, lo- I can't wait to see what else he brings us in a directing front. I can't wait to see what else he makes. Yeah, if you if you want to see if you want to really deep dive after you've watched it and listen to us go watch the Disney plus making of werewolf by night. It's a nice bit about him and his family and his, you know, his brother and how they made movies since they were kids. And it's great. So if you really want to know more about the process and more about him, uh, highly recommend that as well. I have not seen that. I uh, will check that out too. It's, it's that fun. It's great. It's fun and it's sweet. And it's great. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I just love the aspects of it being a throwback to, to classic horror films, but like, it's still cool and fresh and it, mm-hmm. it, it's amazing. I just think I love everything about it. It's yeah. a great hour of television. Yeah. And I love being the throwback to a special. I just love that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I have nostalgia for the specials when we were kids. Yeah. <laughs> it was just be like a big event yeah. on TV that you knew like, Oh, this is going to be good. It's yep. got the swirling rainbow special logo. <laughs> it's going to be good. Yeah, even 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 down to the designs to, choice to make it like look like that and emulate that was great as well. So. Yeah. Wow. So then next project up after that is November 11th, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Long-awaited sequel to Black Panther that I mean, unfortunately was marred by tragedy in production when we mm. lost Chadwick Boseman mm. a few years back. So they did obviously have to take the story in a different angle than I think one that they had been planning. Uh, Overall, I think they succeeded quite well. I do like Wakanda Forever quite a bit. Uh, I mean, I liked returning to that world and just seeing what they were doing with it now and the introductions of of new characters that we got. I really liked in the form of Riri Williams and Namor. Mm -hmm. Namor in this which i actually i don't mind at all right <laughs> uh but overall no i i just i i really really liked it i liked seeing you know ryan coogler's vision again i just liked seeing what he was doing what'd you think of this one <laughs> go ahead frank i was <laughs> disappointed i was okay. disappointed I, I was disappointed i've said this before and i'll say it again i i do not envy the task of trying to make the sequel at all Right. Because, you know, everyone is obviously devastated by the loss of Javik Bozeman, and even more so by the people involved with Black Panther and Ryan Coogler. Everybody, I'm like, it's just, I don't even know how right. you make it, right? Yeah. Um, I, 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 my, my initial feeling about it was, and I still say this, I honestly wish that we had had an opportunity to have um, Namor, um, <laughs> Namor, 
and and the uh Tolokians? Telecon. Yeah. Telecon. I that we'd had an opportunity to have them. I really wish they got a Disney series. Mm. Because I, I he was fine. Like um I, I think Namor was fine. I uh, Namor was perfectly fine. Like I, I think as a character I like I enjoyed him. I would have liked a little more arrogance. I would have liked a little more Imperious Rex. That was more that's the more the Namor that I like. Right. Um and I feel like that you know, it's 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 one of those things of, and again, I've talked about this a couple times in, in this episode. The idea of depending on whose movie it is, <laughs> we may not get as much development or or oomph put behind some of the characters, and that's how I felt about the 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 Talokian, Talokan. <laughs> right, Talokans. I don't I, know. I don't know what they're called in this. The exactly. Atlanteans. Yeah. Um, yes. I, I feel like he was, you know, fairly fleshed out, and I and I feel that you know that that was about it. I would have liked to see a little more personality in Mora and Atuma. To me, I got to be honest with you, Atuma is one of those villains that when he shows up, he's you know he's gonna basically just make muddy everything up, and it's constantly he's in Namor's ear about you suck and you're you know you're a pink skin half breed and I should be in charge and. You don't really get any of that, and it's not again. It's not Namor's movie. That's why I think if we had had more of an opportunity to do that ser- that story beforehand, and it had been kind of these two forces going against each other, as opposed to, you know, um, we gotta we have to obviously recognize the loss that we've had, right. you know, both in reality and in, in the MCU, while at the same time trying to prop up, you know, who's going to be the new Black Panther. You know, it's again, it's a lot to juggle, right? It's a lot to try and get set up and, and make it all work and make it all go. And I just feel like, you know, it's one of those things of, I would have been fine if we had waited a little bit longer before we got it. Yeah. Just to figure out where, what, what they wanted to do and who, right. where everyone was going to, what their place was in the grander scheme of things. But ultimately I, I, you know, I did dislike it, but it, it's, it's just one of those, it's, you know, it's an unfortunate, you know, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to by, by any means say, well, you know, it's it's the timing of everything. No, it's, that obviously it's a tragedy that he passed. You know, it's terrible. You know, right. it's an awful thing. Anyone's ever had you know had a, a cancer touch their lives. You know, you know, it's terrible. Cancer's awful. Um, but at the same time, it's it's like we're talking about a movie that you know it's a superhero movie, and it, it, it we you know I'm not mad that what we got, but it, I, I feel like it could have used a little more time to develop what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I'm not again. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I feel bad saying anything bad about it because of, you know, what they had to go through to make it. Right. It was, it was an unusual circumstance yeah. for a film. Yeah. So, you know, and, and Tom and I have talked about it and I, I felt, I felt that as much as I like Shuri as a character, I feel that a lot of what they attributed to her was, may have been, you know, in thought, but not necessarily in, in, on the, it might've been, you know, in thought or in the page, but it didn't necessarily make it to the screen for me. Right. Um, yeah. you know, I, I still think honestly, and, and I, and I'll say this, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll die on this hill right now. I will say that I, I would love to, I'd love to, to been a Koye as, as the new black Panther. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as, as true and, and, and as, as sincere she was as being the protector of Wakanda and how much she stood for, you know, the, I'm, I protect the, you know, I protect the nation. I'm, I'm loyal to the throne. Right. It, it would have made more sense. You yeah. know, I mean, the fact that, and Tommy brought it up when we talked about it at the time when Tommy said to me, well, you know, she goes against the, 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 the Tolokans or Tolokans or the Atlanteans right. and, you know, with no powers, with no, no heart-shaped herb 
and all she gets is, is a broken arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I saw, I watched her in Endgame or yeah, in, in um, Infinity War, go toe to, you know, she had the back of, of Scarlet Witch and, and Black Widow. Right. I mean, she's an amazing fighter. She's an amazing presence on screen. You know, again, I know we're supposed to possibly rumors of some um, either Dora Milaje show or our uh, Midnight Angels show, and that's fine. Right. But, yeah, they've been talking about the Wakanda show on Disney Plus for a while. But I, in in my heart of hearts, I would, you know, I, if the if she the 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 tech had pulled back and it was it was a Koye, I'd have been like, yep, that's it. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Not that I don't like Shuri. I think Shuri's a great character. I just think right. Shuri. You know, it's hard. In my mind, it's hard to think of Q going on missions. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and 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 as much as I, you know, as a as a father of a daughter, the fact that she goes to she goes to the to see the ancients, and there's no mention of T'Chaka. <laughs> T'Chaka doesn't exist. There's no mention of T'Chaka anywhere. The fact that the person she sees is again we're spoiling stuff right. is Killmonger. Yeah. And they both have some sort of thing where they're going to burn down the world. I'm like, yeah. I, again, not on, it's it may have been on the page, just didn't make it to the screen for me. Right. So again, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not one of those things of like, let's redo the movie. I'm not that idiot. I'm not yeah. that person. I just, to me, I would, I would rather see Okoye with, right. with, with, um, Shuri on the throne. That's what yeah. I would have liked. Okay. That's, that's me. Right. So. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's, my, it's all right. That's <laughs> my take. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> Tommy. Oh, no, I agree. I, I, I <laughs> agree. I can't even, nope. Uh, her, how she won was weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lesson she won out of it is is devoid of anything. She, yeah, she by herself, blah, 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 blah. But ultimately, they should have went with the tried and true uh, uh, warrior. That would have given them the edge. Uh, I don't, And it, it would have been safer for someone to be constantly on the throne while another person protects the... Uh, mm-hmm. Like, they didn't learn from it. It's like, no. how many sovereigns you got to lose to before you realize that somebody got to be here or somebody got to be there? It's, yeah. it's it, it, it didn't make sense. Right. It felt like a, a lot of stories going on, which half of which he didn't care about. Um, <laughs> Talk about, Mar- about, about Martin Freeman. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, see, you said it. You said it. I mean, it, it. It it didn't feel. I almost said. Felt, I almost said Lester Freeman. So Lester Freeman. Yeah, it, 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 I'd rather have Lester. I'd Freeman, rather have Lester honest. Freeman. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yes, I but wouldn't bother scraping my knuckles. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, more white people, of course, but yes. but are you? It just felt it didn't feel as one congruent story like the first one. It felt it felt weird. I mean, I get I get them addressing death because mm-hmm. there's no way you can do a sequel to this movie without addressing tragic both. They did his his uh, uh, passing justice, right? But to be honest, it didn't have to be on screen. Mm. It, it almost felt like that all that's all he was. To me, I mean, and it's not belittling his death. It just felt like, thank you for what you've done. We're moving on. And we're going to dedicate a portion of this film to your passing. Because, mind you, he's not the only one that died in that fi- in, in those films. We had his father die in that film. Mm-hmm, he didn't get right. the funeral. Uh, what else? Um, so many people died in that in those movies. Um, but with that being said, not belittling Chad Bosley in any way, shape, or form. Right. But to be honest, it's what the movie was as opposed to anything else. It's like everything else took a, uh, took a backseat and you had to commemorate them. Um, and which I would have felt with the, with the special showing all of his achievements, what he did, the behind the scenes stuff, just a little bit more in a special showcased on Disney plus in order to move forward. 
mm-hmm. uh, uh, before uh, blessing this movie. Um, I don't know what three would be because in her first outing, she got her butt handed to her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and again, we never saw Q pick up a stick, much less claws. Right. Uh, again, it just feels weird that a girl with no training, just because she has the herb, oh, it's, it felt like all you need is the herb and you'll be fine, which yeah. we all know is not the case for any no. superhero. Uh, that does not a superhero make. No. With that being said, um, it was disappointing. Uh, I wish it was better thought out. It, we might eventually get a part three, but to what avail and what we're gonna, uh, what, what are you gonna give us at this point would be even more interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't to my expectations based upon uh, what I expected from one. Like one, still to me clearly overshadows this one, even though this one clearly had the bigger budget. Right. The only other thing I would say was. And this is, I try to do this as much as I possibly can. And, and Clifton, I know you do this more than I do. Um, I was, I was able, to, I was fortunate enough to see it in a theater again. But I watched it was Black Panther and then Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So okay. I got to, I got to see one right after the other. And a lot of times, my, I find that if I don't do that and then try to go back, my opinion will change of the movie. But seeing Black Panther and Black Panther Wakanda Forever, I had that feeling of. Well, there's these through lines from the first one that sort of didn't get, that didn't get kind of, you know, I didn't think it was a lot of what, there were a lot of turns in Wakanda Forever that I kind of like, you didn't, this isn't what the character's arc is and you're making it, you know, you have to, I guess, but you're making it fit to what you needed to for this and I didn't think it always landed. Okay. And it kind of made me not want to care for Ironheart. (laughs) Really? The actress was fine. It just... I f- it was like wrenched in. It felt mm-hmm. like to me just to show that she could be that person. Right. I, it, it, she didn't, uh, despite reviews, I don't think she stole scenes. It's just like, yeah, well, and there's a new star, you know, it, right. it's just, right. it's just, it just, I don't know. I, it, hopefully her series is, uh, is going to be so much more better. It's going to maybe I'm hoping it has more of a Miss Marvel feel in which she's just the earnest person mm-hmm. trying to make her way and do mm-hmm. right by people. Right. But it, her introduction to me felt selfish. She was, you know, gaining money selling tech at a college. I, I, I don't, and then, you know, they, they reappropriated her invention to the government. I mean, she should be more excited. The government wants you as a contractor, but, you know, it just, it just, I don't know. It just felt weird. But it also, I, the other thing about, I will say this, I do wonder, obviously, she's a legacy character, right? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, I get it. Yeah. In the comics, she's a legacy character, right? Yes. Yes, she okay. is. So it seemed like we, you know, again, I understand the the movie it's in, and I understand that we want to establish this character, but you're you you're making Iron Man armor, aren't you? Yeah, straight up, <laughs> like, straight up. Like our, our, in you know, is 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 Tony Stark a bad word? Like that was not. No, they do. They they make Stark a reference tech. to Stark Tech. Do yeah. they? Okay. Yeah, yeah they, they do, do at one point. Okay. Yeah. I just, as, I was as soon as Shuri sees it, that's what she says it. Because I don't want to spoil for for the comics. It's it's I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who doesn't know. And there's even rumors of what we may or may not get in in I heard. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to spoil for anyone who's read it. But there's you know there's more than a passing reference to the character in, in those things. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, oh, there's a straight up baton in the book. Is there? Okay. So I've read that part. I just knew that there was. I knew that I'm talking about. Think about the figure, Tommy. No, I agree. But the figure, <laughs> the figure looked nothing. The figure to me was another grab to a to a younger audience based upon the, that. The Marvel Legends action figure. Yes. I'm talking about the the figure the, the the thing that I'm talking about for the series or for oh. the comic. Okay. Not the figure for her oh. in particular. Okay. Oh no, 
the figure for her is, is just a feminine looking Iron Man. Uh, right. um, you're talking about the comic, yeah. The comic version is a feminine looking Iron Man, while the movie version is a straight up anime uh, mm-hmm. design. Yeah. So again, Which is I'm, just weird. I, it's, it'll be interesting to see what we get. That's all I'm saying. But yeah, I, I liked. I didn't mind her. She was fine. I didn't think she. You know, again, it was one of those things that we need to get the 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 tech <laughs> the tech aspect so we can bring her in. In uh, and then the other thing I thought was. If I had an ability to use a siren song to command people to do, you know, I would never stop. I would never stop. I'd never stop using it against the surface world. Never. There's no way you could could compel me to stop. I would absolutely make people walk off the ship every single time. And let me say this one. (laughs) This this is the one thing that bothered me. I I, I get the Atlanteans versus the Wakandans. That was, well, the the MCU Atlanteans. I'm going Mm. saying that. Um, Wakanda's not on any shore. Right. Just, I, just right. the, I, I know they changed it for the movie, <laughs> right. but they don't. They they have no coastline. A coastline. No, no. Just to put that out there, they're in the middle of Africa, hidden uh, behind a mound. So every time I saw it's the coastline for for Wakanda, how was that possible? But, but I get what they're trying to say. But right. I was a little perturbed by that, to be honest. <laughs> right. But I understand what they're trying to accomplish and what they're trying to show us. So I let it go. But it, it just as soon as I saw, it, it's like that bothered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Disappointed is the word for it. Could have been so much more. <laughs> so much more. So we have one more project for phase four. And that is another Marvel special presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time holiday themed mm-hmm. in the tradition of, of Christmas specials or holiday specials of the past. And that is the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which features Mantis and Drax trying to find the perfect gift for Peter Quill to let him uh, relive a good old Earth Christmas there out in space in uh, nowhere. And they decide the perfect gift is Kevin Bacon, the mm-hmm. actual actor Kevin Bacon, mm-hmm. to come to Earth and kidnap Kevin Bacon to take him as a Christmas present to, to Peter Quill. And uh, this one I was looking forward to again as soon as it was announced several years ago. I thought, I was like, oh, they're doing the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah. Like, it's going to be the Star Wars holiday special. Yep. And it was. Yeah. So I was not disappointed in that. You complete with musical numbers and animated segments and <laughs> everything they could fit into it. And Kevin Bacon. Yeah, and Kevin Bacon. Yeah. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, was it for me? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, weren't into the, you weren't into the Christmas, the holiday spirit? No, I just felt like somebody owed Kevin Bacon a lot of money and they, they made it. <laughs> But no, but I get I get who this is for, so I'm not gonna what what's the term? I'm not gonna yuck your yum or whatever you want to put it. But you know just, how much I love Christmas. Yes, right. I do. So and Christmas themed shows and movies. Right. Oh, it was hundred percent that. Oh, in that <laughs> space, man. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yep. I liked it. I liked the song. The songs yeah. are fun. Um got a pretty big reveal in it for something that's not a Guardians movie. Right. Which I I mean I guess that'll That'll come back to play in, in Guardians Has 3 to. coming up. I'm sure it does. And not just be like a little throwaway bit in a Christmas special. Yeah. So to me, I, I feel like they just narrowed it down. as <laughs> Won't be her. <laughs> that's, what felt, that's what it felt like to me, but I get it. It's fine. Yeah. Right. It, I, yeah. But it, yeah, it was an interesting thing to show in grand fashion as to uh, what they revealed. So I'm not going to say it just in case somebody wants to see it or hasn't seen it. Right. That'll be the one spoiler we don't put out there, in my opinion. <laughs> yes. 
nothing in James Gunn. You, you always know it's going to have a soundtrack. Like mm-hmm. there's going to be yes. known songs on these things. If it's Guardians yes. and James Gunn's it's kind of a soundtrack. I could have predicted you the soundtrack <laughs> well in advance because yeah. it's it's a playlist on my <laughs> that I have going. Wow, I have a oh, running wow. Christmas rock playlist, and it's like, yep, it's going to be that song. It's going to be that song. That's all. That'll be on it too. <laughs> And we did in in the small selection of, of Christmas songs we got. I knew they were all going to be there. Nice. But as far as special, I just I just love the the special presentation format <laughs> that we mm-hmm. got on Disney Plus as part of these. I liked Werewolf by Night, obviously much more, but I, I still enjoyed Guardians Holiday Special. I just can't wait for more specials. I hope they do more seasonal MCU specials that are that are big and cool, like Werewolf by Night and this one were. I enjoyed them. Yeah, it was good. Look forward. To, I'm looking forward to whatever they do next. Yeah. So that wraps up our journey through Phase Four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Feel free to let us know your favorite things from Phase Four and anything you think we might have missed. Uh, but after all that, I'm looking forward to Phase Five, which mm. just started in Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. But I, I definitely can't wait to see what else is to come in that. So you can check out all of our past episodes at letmeknowhowitis.com as well as anywhere you find podcasts. Just please, if you enjoy the show and feel so inclined, give us a like or follow and leave a review. It really helps us out. Finally, if you want to suggest a topic, send it our way by email at info at letmeknowhowitis.com. You can also find us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is our show's initials, L-M-K-H-I-I. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, thanks for listening.